I have the uh, the pleasure of welcoming up one of my favorite people in the whole world. I, I'm always I'm always moved when she speaks and shares. It's often the first time I'm hearing it also. <laughs> so um, I, I encourage you to welcome Susan Folkler up. Actually, um, I was kind of rethinking what to do tonight because every prophetic word that was shared tonight is part of what I'm bringing tonight. So I want to start with something. I'll, I'll skip skip it later, but um, just to seal up that thing about a new name, I want to I want to say um, just. Bless you all with this scripture. It's Isaiah 61 and 62 because the Lord's been speaking to me these last few weeks about needing a new name in one part of, in an aspect of my life. And this is uh, from Isaiah, and this is, of course, regarding Zion, Jerusalem, but it's also about the bride, which is you, each and every one of you. And this is the Lord speaking to you. For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery and wrong. And you are wronged when you are given a name that was a lie. For as surely as the earth brings forth its shoots, and as a garden causes what is sown in the spring to come forth, So, the Lord God will cause rightness and justice and praise to spring forth before all the nations through the self-fulfilling power of his word in your life. For Zion's sake, I will not hold my peace. And for Jerusalem's sake, I will not rest until her righteousness and vindication will go forth as brightness and her salvation radiates as does a burning torch. Your life, a burning torch. And the nations shall see your righteousness and vindication, your rightness, your justice, and all the kings will behold your salvation and your glory. And you shall be called by a new name, which the mouth of the Lord shall name. So I pray God for each one of us. If that, that name, that, that perception, that image is just kind of starting to percolate down and take form. I pray for more clarity tonight out of the very mouth, out of your very mouth, God. You would speak and you would heal anything about ourselves, huh, anything about ourselves that is a false image that was given to us by those who simply don't understand, those who simply, hey, 
did not see us with eyes of love, but eyes of pain. Hey, so I pray you would, woo, uh, hey, hey, uh, yeah, uh huh, anoint me tonight, Jesus, hey, and open all of our ears to hear, all of our eyes to see what you have for us, each and every one, God, thank you. Yeah, okay. Well, hey. All right. I will try and get through this. <laughs> Wasn't worship like, wow, you guys really, I really appreciated that. You just really felt the, um, I don't know, the rhythm, the rhythm of the Lord, right? It just kind of, ah, wow, I love it when that happens. I love it when that happens. Whew. So I am talking tonight about... Fresh manna. A little bit what Mike was talking about, actually. How do we get fresh bread, fresh truth for ourselves? And I just want to share a little bit about how that, how that works for me. And I know a lot of you already, already do this. Um, it's so good to listen to other teachings sometimes, but I'm, I'm with Mike. I think sometimes we gotta dig in for ourselves. Right? We gotta go after it for ourselves. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you, I, the most, most of the most radical experiences, visitations of my life have happened when I'm alone. And I have taken the word and dug into it. And I'm, let it dig into me. Hey, cause that's how that works. Um, so I just want to share a little bit from my life and how it's worked. And if, if it sounds good to you, go ahead. Uh, for all of us, I think it's we all have a unique relationship with God, a one-of-a-kind. None of us does it quite the same with God, and that's the way it's supposed to be because he created every single one of you just a unique facet of his glory, you know, just a unique facet of him he put onto you. And so the way you connect with him, the way you relate with him is uniquely yours. And I just don't know, sometimes I've gone through seasons and I've listening to what other people share. I think maybe I should do it like that or like this. And, and sometimes it gets us a little tripped up where we kind of leave ourselves behind because we're trying to do it some other way. So I just bless you tonight that however God might, Give you a little insight or a, a revelation tonight that would work for you. So fresh manna in the, you, I know you're all familiar with the Old Testament when the Israelites were going through the wilderness and the Lord was very clear. You got, he, the Lord started providing the manna for them and he made it very, very clear. Every day you need to pick some fresh manna. The stuff from yesterday is stale and will not nourish you. You need something fresh and something new. There can be some good things from the past. We can be grateful for them, but we need something fresh and new. It's how we're designed. It's how God created us. We need, we we start, um, we just start getting kind of tired and we lose vision and hope if it's been a while since we got something new in our spirit. Um, years ago, I was taking a class and, um, I think it was an inner healing class. It was, it was long before we started doing what we're doing now, but, um, someone who was one of the helpers came up to me at one point and, 
and I don't know why, but randomly sort of, it seemed like kind of came to me and said, you know, you can tell if your heart's getting hard when you really don't enjoy reading the word anymore. And I remember looking at her going, what are you saying? Like, um, it like offended me. I was like offended. Like, why are you saying that to me? I mean, what is it, you know? Um, but as, but it all, it lingered with me. I'm like, it stuck to me. Like, hmm, there might be something there. I better pray over this and, and see. And I started to realizing there really was something to it for me. And it was because when we're reading the word, how many of you know with our little left brain? Um, it's not very satisfying, is it? It's just an intellectual exercise. I spent a lot of time in a church like that years ago and, it just was dry breadcrumbs. It was just never got much out of the word. Got a lot of guilt. Like, why isn't this working for me? Um, but it never really ministered very deeply to my heart because, you know, it's all, it's meant to be read with the spirit, with our spirit, Holy Spirit helping us and our spirit ministering it to our soul. The truth, whoa, goes in with the spirit. Because we definitely need spiritual nourishment every bit as much as we need physical nourishment. Our souls just get hungry, get just malnourished if we're not letting the real deep truth come in. Because we don't know how to get to it. The scripture is... um, Colossians 3.16. Let the word of Christ have its home in your hearts and minds and dwell in you in richness as you teach and admonish and train one another in all insight, in intelligence and wisdom, dwelling in you richly. I think... The word of God is designed to like, mm, just like we eat physical food, it's designed to become become part of us, connecting with our spirit, nourishing and giving us all um, that that our soul and our spirit literally need, just like we need physical food and we need a variety of physical food and we need the different nutrients it brings. We need the same thing from the word of God. Yeah. Because as Jesus said, you shall know the truth. You shall know the truth, not know the truth here, left brain, but we shall know the truth. And how many know, how many know when you know the truth, it sets you free. You know, you know when you get it in your knower, you know it. And you know when you're just trying hard to make it happen. And I'll tell you, you guys all, I know you're familiar with when Jesus was here on the earth and he was tempted by the devil. What did Jesus use to counteract the devil? I mean, he was face off with Satan himself. And he wasn't like, oh, Satan, I'm, I'm the son of God. You can't touch me. He wasn't like, um, you shouldn't do this. Please don't do this. He was like, it is written. I know what is written because it's in here. 
and I stand on it and I have without a shadow of a doubt, my father is for me. And I speak that with that. I speak it with that authority. It is written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes down from the mouth of God, every word that's where what my truth or my soul, my spirit needs comes from, from him. Yeah, I'm hungry. <laughs> I'm sure 40 days of fasting. He, he was hungry and you could have played a little mind trick. I'm sure like, well, it wouldn't matter. A father will forgive me if I just nibble a little bit. And yes, father would have forgiven him, but he knew it was a test. It was a test and he needed to do that, that for us. He had to face that off for us. So that we could know, we could step into his shoes and do the same thing. Because we are called to worship in spirit and in truth. We worship with truth. We're singing those words. We're believing those words. And our spirit man, I I just, ah. I'm always, oh, I want to see what is our spirit man doing when our soul, when our bodies are doing, you know, we know what our bodies are doing. We kind of know what our souls are doing. We don't always know what our spirits are doing. But I honestly think that when we are worshiping and we are um, speaking the word of God, our spirit man is getting so excited and like taking it in like, yeah, that's the word of God. Yeah, I love it. it it's just really um, builds us up. And the inmost man, it builds us up. And that I, by that, I hope you're not hearing me say, it's not by trying hard. It's not by memorizing every scripture in the Bible. That's what the Pharisees did. I mean, they knew it all, but it didn't do much good, did it? Because they were doing it like a list of rules and regulations. They weren't doing it like this. These are the words. The Father who adores you is speaking to you. This is how he feels about you. This is what he believes about you. This is what's available to you guys. And we see sometimes Diane's up here, right? With her sword. Because the Bible actually says, ha, the word is a sword. It is a sword. Not in the natural, but in the spiritual realm the word of God is a sword. It is mighty in power. It is very mighty. It's very strong. Um, and I don't mean just globally spewing the whole Bible over. I'm saying, you know, it's like a surgical thing you, you take as God inspires you. And it changes stuff in the spirit realm. It, the word comes from a place of depth. It becomes a something, a substance of power when we get it in our spirit, man, when we really get it. It just becomes this um, transformational essence. It's more than just words on a page. Um, and I'm going to, this is uh, Hebrews 4.12. I'm going to actually read this from the Amplified. For the word that God speaks is alive and full of power 
active, energizing, and effective. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating to the dividing line of the breath of life, the soul, and the immortal spirit, and of joints and marrow of the deepest parts of our nature, exposing and sifting and analyzing the very thoughts and purposes of the heart. The truths that God wants us to get in there are like surgically precise and surgically sharp. How many of you have done that? Like you, you open up the Bible, you know, you go somewhere and you're like, oh, I never saw that before. And it does something. It gets in there. It really touches you deeply. I will tell you, um, a couple, a number of different times, as I just, um, took the scriptures and opened them up. Um, one of my things I love to do is pull out my concordance, look up all the words when I really feel like a scripture, there's something in this. I don't know what it is. I want to find out what this is. And, and I start writing it out and I start writing it out in my own words. I find out what it means because very often it's not always in my mind. Maybe it's a cultural thing. You know, some, there's why there's a whole bunch of different translations is because we have, there's a lot of different skews about how to translate the Bible. Well, there is a scripture actually, Mike, right? I don't know, was it in P- John or Peter? I think First John, First Peter, it talks about you do not have to be taught because you have the anointing. So we do need to be taught, but it means you don't just have to go to uh, someone else to teach you. It is saying you also have this anointing that flows in you that resonates with the truth. And you know the truth. You know that you know the truth when you feel it, when you hear it, when you see it. And that is what sets you free. So there have been several times where there's this one particular scripture. I just knew it was time to, to go to that place. And um, in several times, it led to a visitation. Like in one particular case, um, Psalm 73, I was going through some stuff. You know, it's feeling kind of dull, feeling like I've lost passion and lost vision. And that scripture says... I felt like a beast. I think Brent actually shared this scripture a few weeks ago. And I'm like, anyway, I opened up the concordance. And yeah, that's like feeling dull and feeling like I I can't see. I can't find my way. I just feel like I'm out of it. I'm clueless. It's just like, I can't gain any traction in life. The next part says, is the solution. That was my problem. I feel like a beast. And the very next phrase said, Lord speaking back to me, but nevertheless, I am with you continuously. Now, people can't be with us necessarily continuously. When we're having down days, sometimes people don't know how to be with us. But for me, that was such an important key message here. Nevertheless, Susan, no matter how you're feeling, no matter how low, how lost, nevertheless... That word, nevertheless, <laughs> it's like, yeah, that may have, you really are feeling that way, but nevertheless, that does not change in one way, shape, or form how I view you, how I'm present with you, not at all. Nevertheless, I am with you continuously. You can't do anything to make me turn away from you. You can't feel anything so raw, so negative to offend me. Because you're my child and I understand your weakness. 
And that, letting that open up my heart, you see, I opened up the scripture, but it opened up me. It really did. It opened up this experience, and I went into this this time, and it was pretty wild, but hey, it's like <laughs> this prophet guy shows up in the spirit, and Jesus is with me, and all these angels, and he literally read, he told me the destiny of my life. He told me this destiny of my life. So I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt what I am called to do, which is teach other people how to live from the core of their being. And I hadn't even had that thought in my head before that visitation. Uh-uh. But it was opening up the scripture and letting it go deep and, 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 and feeling the kindness of God on those words. And how many of you know the kindness of God is what leads to repentance? Not feeling bad about yourself. It's feeling how good and loving and compassionate he is. That's what causes our hearts to soften and open up. So this was, hey... (laughs) So I really think when we're doing, when we do this, when we, when we're feeling this need, this yearning, this desire for something somewhere out there, we, and we allow, we just ask God, where do you want me to go in the scripture? Where do you want me to go in the word? What is it you have for me? There's like this blessing that comes into our life, I think, as we feed ourselves, because we're getting in touch with what is it my soul is hungry for? Is it? You know, in the natural, we're like, I need more protein, I need more greens, whatever. But in the, in the spirit, man, I think it's, it's very akin. We need, we need this. I need, I mean, one of my big themes I've been needing lately, because I didn't get much grown up, was I need comfort, God. I don't even know what comfort really is. I know poor Russ has been a little frustrated with me over the years, only because of times when it was very clear I needed comfort. I did not know how to receive it. It wasn't lack, a lack of him, but ah, that's a foreign idea. It's a, like a foreign language to me. Comfort? I just take care of myself, right? <laughs> how many of y'all take care of yourself people out there? Mm-hmm. Our parents taught us well, didn't they? God bless their little hearts. <laughs> but we have Holy Spirit, the comforter. We have him. Oh. Huh. <laughs> he wants to permeate our struggle, our circumstances with his word, with his truth. He wants to saturate it until it gets to the place where we believe his word over our circumstances. God wants to permeate our lives, our circumstances, our struggles with his word. So his word, the truth he speaks to us becomes bigger and more genuine. And how about this? And more believable. And more believable. In fact, I pray that right now, God, that the truth of your word would become more believable than these old feelings we've been feeling for so long. Those things seem so real. But I know our spirit, man, and I I bless your spirit right now to grab hold of the truth you are needing now. 
Yeah, that old thing, that's so believable. But God is more believable. But then he knows, he understands the struggle, you guys. Oh, and I just want to even right now address the, I think one of our biggest things we, that gets in the way is we're just so hard on ourselves. We're so hard on ourselves. Oh, if you were a good Christian, you wouldn't be thinking this. Well, can I just say we're all there in that struggle, you guys? We all are, we're all there. We all have that going on sometimes. The beautiful thing is, it's not about us being strong, knowing all the right answers. We grab hold of the one who does. We grab hold of the one who does. He's got all the answers. He knows all the truth. It's his truth that sets us free. It's his truth. We're only, we're only, you know, going from glory to glory. We all, we only know in part. We only know in part. He knows in fullness. He sees you as you really are. Only he sees you as you really are. Only he does. Only he knows the fullness of your potential within. Only he does. And he does. And he looks upon you with such eyes of adoration saying, Oh, if you could only see. Oh, if you could only see the real truth according to my word of how I see you you would be shocked. (laughs) And it's true for all of us. So I do want to share one little thing here, um, too, about this. My, what I went through recently was this whole thing about needing a new name. (laughs) Um, because I went through something recently where I was feeling discouraged. I was feeling some loss. Um, I was feeling like there must be something missing in me. There must be something where I'm just not doing this thing quite right or something, or this wouldn't be happening. And it kicked, and then I'm like, okay, I know there's more to this story. I know this isn't just about today, that it's hitting me so hard. I know this has to do with my, my past and some, na- some old curses that had been spoken over me started kicking in. Things like you are, things like, you know, um, you're a filthy slob and you're lazy and you're worthless and stuff like that. Yeah. Our parents in their frustrations would often label us with those kinds of things, wouldn't they? And I realized that's really what the issue was. The issue wasn't so much. It wouldn't have been hurting so badly, but it was really kicking into that old stuff. And he took me to that Isaiah 61 and 62. And he said to me, I will vindicate you. And I'm going to do it in front of everybody. That's what that says. Right? He says that I'll do it in front of everybody. They're all going to see you. They're all going to see. And I will call you. I, with my mouth, will call you by a new name. Because that old name, that wasn't who you are. That wasn't who you are. That was just somebody's frustrating frustration. So it's still kind of, it's still percolating in. But how many of you know? And I pray that for all of you, that new name he's That new revelation of your true identity is coming glory to glory to glory to glory. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. And I'll say this, and here's another second piece that I want to add on to that new name idea. Because I needed, okay, that's really good. I love that. Yeah, I get a new name. 
but there's still something missing. I'm feeling like I'm just not enough. I feel like I'm not enough. I feel like there's something really missing. I'm feeling like there's something so wrong with me that it can never be set right. And he reminded me of the, the parable of the loaves and the fishes where Jesus, you know, remember they, Jesus was a big old crowd and this little boy goes, hey, I got my lunch. Can I share my lunch? Can I share my little bit? This is all I got. Little bit. We all got our little bit. And we can look at it going, oh, dang, that is so not going to be enough. That's kind of what I was doing. It is not going to be enough. The little boy in his innocence kind of believed maybe this will help. And Jesus just said, I'll take your loaves and your fishes. My little ones, I'll take your loaves and your fishes. They are enough in the kingdom of God. They may not be enough in the natural realm. In the natural realm, they are not enough. In the supernatural realm, in the kingdom of heaven, they are enough. They are enough and what? Overflowing, remember? And overflowing. So your loaves and your fishes are enough and overflowing. Say that together. And overflowing. None of us are enough in our own strength, but in him overflowing, 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 because the river of life flows through you. The river of truth that comes out of heaven flows through you overflowing, overflowing. You can't contain it. When you try and contain it, it's not enough. When you try and do it on your own, not enough. But when you allow it to flow, enough, enough, enough. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And here's Jesus again sharing with sharing with his disciples what it what what it means to take in his life, his word. Because how many know that the the word of the word is truth, the word is bread, the word is life. In John, he says, I am the bread of life. I am the bread of life. And I am the word, right? In the beginning was the word. In the beginning was the word, and the word was Christ. Hey! And the word the word spoke and created. It's all very mysterious and all how all these things overlap but there they are the word is christ i am the bread of life he who comes to me will never be hungry and he who believes in me will never thirst again here's one more from john 50 i am the living bread that comes down from heaven that we feed on that we feast on If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. We took his life into ours. We feasted on him. And every day when we remember him, and like we're going to do in a little bit, little bit, take communion, we feast on him again and we remember who he is. 
and his fullness continues to nourish us and complete us. Now, I am going to um, actually ask you all to find a partner, one other person. So if you're not sitting next to someone, how about y'all stand up or move? I want just pair off, pair off with each other. Those who are willing to do, this isn't going to be too scary. Okay. I promise not too scary. And I'm going to time you. We're going to take like, um, maybe about a minute and a half each. Let me, let me just give you instruction before you get going. This is going to be easy. This is not too challenging. Um, <laughs> one, first person, I want you to share with the other person either the most impactful scripture of your life or the most, your favorite scripture or even just your, what's touched you the most or your favorite part of the Bible. I don't know, something about the Bible that has been most meaningful to you. Okay. Preferably a specific, you don't have to remember where it's, where it is if you don't. Okay. Does that make sense? And then I'll let you know in about a minute and a half or so time to switch. Okay. Go. Okay, you ready, guys? Thanks. Thanks for playing. Looks like almost everybody was playing. Thank you. <laughs> oh, how was that? Did it, yeah? Did it make you think and go, oh, like, why does that mean something to me, huh? Okay. So here's what I've found. I have found that when I take the time, sometimes, I mean, you're, you're, I know none of you are like me. I know for sure. Where I, you just feel like, oh, I'll just muscle through this and uh, push through and um, feel bad about myself for a few more days. Yeah, that's like really useful. Um, or just busy or just, it's not going to work. So I'm not going to even bother trying, you know, those little things we get into. But when I really sit down and just do it and go, okay, God, what is the issue in my heart that needs your answer? What is the issue here? I got to start with what's my issue. I do. Cause that's part of the truth. The truth is there's something going on here and I got to get honest with, for him. Search me and know me, God, and see if there is any grievous, sad, you know, struggling way within me. Right? Hey. And when you let him search you like that, and then you go, if you don't want to start, try David. <laughs> David, you David outstruggles all of us, let me tell you. <laughs> of course, then. He was on Saul's hit list for years and years, right? And probably none of us have any have been on anybody's hit list like that, like somebody trying to kill you every single day of your life. Um, he knew he knew what it was to struggle, but he knew how to go to God, and he knew how to get the answer. He's it, pretty amazing, that guy. And you know, I found that the Psalms are amazing can be can be very helpful um, for me. 
Very much so for me. So I wanted to share one more little piece of scripture. Um, oh, here's, here's one more from, from John. Um, if you live in me and my words remain in you and continue to live in your hearts, ask whatever you will and it shall be done for you. So if our thought life starts lining up with heaven and what heaven says, that's, that's an amazing, amazing promise. Yeah. It's about remaining, abiding, and believing as earth is in heaven, and there is no separation, and there's no distance, because heaven's already, already here, already here. So I actually wanted to share a little bit more, and this is about the secret place, <laughs> Matthew. Um, <laughs> this was another time where I was actually on a personal retreat and, um, and God opened up my secret place for me. Now, here's what I want to say about that. Um, there's a lot of scriptures that we think are just nice poems, nice poetry, nice words. Um, it's been my experience that what seems like poetry is actually substance in the spiritual realm. It exists. Remember, anybody remember the holodeck from Star Trek? <laughs> well, next, yeah, next generation. Not quite like that, but it really is this other realm we can step into. It's, we experience it sometimes, um, but it's all over the Psalms, Song of Solomon, the secret place, the, the hiding place, the abiding place, a strong tower around us, a shield about us. All these poetic words, but yet there's something very real about it in the spiritual realm. It's not there just to be, oh, that's a nice little thought. It's actually there to encourage us. This is real, you guys. These are real places in the spirit. Again, if only we could catch up with where our spirit is more often, (laughs) which I think we can, actually. I think we can. I think we're getting there. We're getting there. But um, So I wanted to share something, and I want to do this sort of um interactive with you if you're if you're okay to play with play with me on that um and actually Karina has offered to go get the kids so you don't have to go quite yet Karina so you parents if you're in some place with God you don't have to figure out if it's um time to go get them we're going to bring them probably a little bit early and and so they can do communion with us how's that sound yeah okay so what happened is again I was just going with God and say, God, what is it you want to open up to me today? And he led me to Song of Solomon 2. And I will tell you, it's, it talks about the secret place. And it talks about um, how, God, how God leads us into the secret place. And what it feels like there and what it looks like there. And um, I will tell you, each and every one, one of you have your own special, unique, secret place with God. And yes, some of us see and might see it more than others or experience it more than others, but it's there for all of us by faith. This place where you get to be one-on-one with God, where you get to receive directly from him. So I'm going to encourage you, if you're comfortable, to just close your eyes. And I'll pray this over you, or I'll I'll just uh, lead you through this.
first I'm going to read the scripture, but then I'm going to also often something I do with scripture is I um, put it in my own words. I look at the concordance, I figure out what those words mean, and then I make it real to me, real to my heart. So I'm going to just um, say this over to you, and then I'm going to be more a little more prophetically speak it over you. Okay. This is Jesus, your friend, the lover of your soul, calling you. Arise, my love, my beauty, and come away. So I went with him. And when we were climbing the rocky steps up the hillside, my beloved shepherd said to me, Oh, my dove, (laughs) in the seclusion of the clefts, in this solid rock, in the secret place of the cliff, let me see your face. Let me hear your voice, for your voice is sweet, and your face is lovely. And this is what this scripture is calling to all of you. And Jesus says, I really, honestly choose you and call you to a place to be just with me. I want I desire, I yearn for your undivided attention so I can give you my undivided attention. I call you away to be with me, just you and I in this place I have secured for us together. You do for me something that no one else does. Simply by being you. This place, this secluded place I have reserved for you is everything you need. I have everything that you need from me in this place. I have rooms, I have realms, I have gardens, I have trees, (laughs) I have spaces of revelation, I have mansions for you in this place, I have a place for you to rest, I have a place for you to drink here, I want to just watch you take you in with all of my senses. And I want to listen to anything you have to say, even the unformed words, even just your thoughts. I'll listen, your feelings. I care. I'm with you. What matters is you being present with me. What matters 
is my affection for you, that you can return to me in whatever measure you will. So I'm going to suggest that some of you are seeing a doorway right now. I'm going to encourage you, a gate or a doorway to go through. That gate, that doorway. Be aware of the path you are on. Look around. What do you see? What do you smell? What do you hear? Where is Jesus? What does he want to know you to know about yourself in this place? So Todd, why don't you come on up? I'm going to have Todd just start quietly on the piano. Those who were asked to um, serve communion could start coming up. This one's a lot. 